Hello everybody, my name is Luke and it's such a privilege and honour for me to be sharing with you this morning. Now you may have immediately noticed that I am wearing a cap and there is a very good reason for that. And it's not that I haven't had a haircut throughout the whole of the lockdown, but it is because I want to illustrate a point, a point that at times God's leading is not always comfortable for us. It's not always how we would do things. It does not always fit into our paradigms. In fact, sometimes we don't even listen to what God's telling us because it's just too uncomfortable. And we see an example of this with the life and story of Jonah, who had a direction from God, but because it was so uncomfortable for him, he, he fought it and didn't want to do it. And if you would allow me for a moment to be open and honest with you, I have felt so burdened over the past few weeks in a way that I'm not sure I can easily articulate and fully explain to you and I think more than ever I felt things in my life shaking beliefs I've had viewpoints opinions stuff I've been passionate about which now seems so trivial and things that I've trivialized now seem of the utmost importance and to be honest I feel at times quite out of my depth and unsure on how to reconcile all the things that I'm thinking and feeling together and I believe that there are two ways in the natural that people will tend to respond in these kind of times. And that's either to almost jump onto the hype train and join in with the chorus about whatever topic or circumstance there is to comment on. Or perhaps like an ostrich, bury their head in the sand and act like it won't affect them and hope that it'll just blow over. And I'm not convinced that either way is God's way. When we see the Pharisees bringing to Jesus a woman caught in adultery, he doesn't join in with the crowd and condemn her. But then when everybody is accepting and, and unbothered by people selling goods in the temple courts, Jesus is outraged and turns over tables and forms a whip and drives them out. And I've become so aware in this time, my need to have Christ's hat on, his guidance, his wisdom and the mindset and mind frame of Christ. In Romans 12 too, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. And that's what I want to talk about today. How do we follow God? How do we know how to walk in God's perfect and pleasing will? How do we stop ourselves being conformed to the patterns of this world? And let's be honest, a messed up world. How is it that we do this then? In 1 Corinthians 2, 11 to 16, it talks about how no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. And we are taught by the Spirit and to some it is foolishness and they cannot understand it. But we have the mind of Christ. And perhaps this morning, me wearing a cap offends you you don't do that in church or perhaps it makes no sense or it seems like foolishness but what is God saying in this current moment in this current time do we allow the things of this world to distract us and to offend us or are we looking at the world around us and being led by human wisdom and the spirit of the world or are we being transformed to think like Christ and being led by his spirit and this morning we're continuing our series on a spirit-filled church and the title today is follow my leader that's the title that Steve gave me and I wanted to 
start by having a look at those three words and it's a turn of phrase three words that we probably have used and have heard multiple times but what do they actually imply i wanted to dig into what those words really mean firstly follow now i have a toddler and he is just such a determined little boy he knows what he wants and where he wants to go but when it comes to having to hold my hand to cross over the road or leave the beach and come home like we did a few days ago or just going up to bed in the evening his will has to bend to mine i'm the leader i'm the father and the way i want him to do things is not always necessarily his choice the way he would choose to do things and so synonymous with following is a collection of words like submit surrender yield and trust and we see this when jesus called his disciples he said to them come follow me and they had to surrender their lives the bible says at once they left their nets and followed him peter had a plan for his life he was a fisherman but when jesus said come and follow me he didn't say lord but i have this plan or lord can i just sell my boat or lord can i just make sure that my nets have someone to look after them no he left what he had immediately he dropped what he was doing and he followed he surrendered and submitted to jesus the dictionary definition for follow is to go or come after a person or thing proceeding ahead and to move or travel behind and that is what following a leader means because a leader is first and foremost at the front my dad always used to say to me if you want to be a leader look behind you and if there's someone there you are a leader if people are following you you are a leader leaders are at the front and they set the course they plot the direction leaders make the big calls the tough decisions leaders lead and so trusting them is a requirement if we intend to follow them submission is required because we can't both follow them and go our own way peter couldn't remain a fisherman looking after his boat going out on the sea and follow jesus at the same time he had to submit one thing and lay one thing down in order to follow after jesus and then thirdly my and in many ways that's obvious it's personal it's about having a personal relationship with jesus i don't follow my parents god or the elders god or hope church god i follow my god the personal relationship that i have with jesus and i and you we will be accountable for our obedience for our following and now on earth with man we have leaders and at times they do fail us at times they do lead us down a wrong path or make uneducated even selfish or foolish decisions but we're not talking about an earthly leader here we're talking about god the ultimate leader the perfect leader and that means following him following him will require perfect submission perfect trust and i think somebody listening to this needs to hear that that god has never failed you he's never led you astray you may not understand where you are and that might be because you haven't surrendered and you haven't followed well but it also might be that that god is just leading you through something it doesn't mean that god has led you wrong sometimes leaders take us through valleys so that we can get to a mountain top and god isn't really focused on the journey because he knows the destination he knows the plans that he has for us 
He knows where he's taking you and what you need to get there. But so often we get caught up in the now struggle, the current landscape, and forget that we are on a journey. We still have steps to take, but God will sometimes lead us through things to strengthen us and to equip us and to refine us. And sometimes we do find ourselves in these times of valley, and it's in these moments, in these times, when God's asking us, do you trust me to take you to the peak? We see God's leading throughout the Bible, and in the Old Testament in particular, we see this well in Exodus, where the Israelites, says slaves to the Egyptians, cry out to God to save them. So they've been living in Egypt for 430 years as slaves, as second-class citizens. And God hears and answers them and convinces Pharaoh to let his people go through signs and wonders and plagues. But not before the Israelites plunder Egypt. They are provided food and gold and wealth. And God provides for the Israelites in Egypt what they need for their journey and for the promised land. And God then, through the leading of Moses, leads his people out of Egypt and they reach the Red Sea. And we know the story very well with Pharaoh behind them and the sea before them. Trapped with death surrounding them, they cry out to God again and miraculously he saves them. He splits the sea and they walk through on dry ground. And we're talking about following and following a leader. And it's interesting to see how at this time God has provided the Israelites with a pillar of fire, a cloud, a, the angel of the Lord who goes out in front of them and leads them into the desert. And in this moment, however, with the Egyptian army bearing down on them, the cloud, the pillar, the angel of the Lord moves from the front to the back to protect them, to be their rear guard. And the Israelites had to cross over the sea, over dry ground, with walls of water on each side of them, without a, a physical leader, without a physical guide. But they did have a direction, something to guide them through, and that was God's word. His promise, I will take you to the promised land. I will lead you into the promised land. And sometimes God leads us to a point and allows us, perhaps even requires us to head towards his word. And sometimes we want God to do all the hard work for us, to take us into the things that he has for us, to lead us, holding our hand all the way through. But sometimes he says, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to be your rear guard. You head out towards my word. You trust in what I've said. And that's called faith. Now, you'll often hear us talk as a church about being a word and spirit church, strong in the word and strong in the spirit. And that's what we are talking about here. The Israelites had the spirit to lead them, the cloud, the pillar. But they also had a word, the promise of the Lord. They knew they could trust. And we too want to be rooted in the word, in the scriptures. What does the word tell us today? But also we want to be led daily by the spirit, watching for his leading. Let me put it to you this way. The, the Bible is like the plan. And the Spirit is the execution of that plan. Now the Israelites were old covenant. Jesus hadn't come and he hadn't died and risen and paid the price for all of our sin that we could be in right relationship with God. So the Israelites had only the law to live by and the consequences and the requirements of the law. In Romans 8.12 it says, 
Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So we are to be led by the Spirit, remembering that the Word is still our framework, our plan, but not the law. What do I mean by the law? In a broad sense, referring to the law refers to the requirements for holiness, the things that the people of God's Israelites needed to do to perform their works and actions in order to please God and be in right standing. Not just the Ten Commandments, but above and beyond that, additionally, the requirements to remain holy and seek forgiveness for failing through sacrifices and even down to clothing and their modus operandi and the religious and legal actions required. And in Galatians 5.18 it says, But if we are led by the Spirit, we are not under the law. Now the very first time I spoke here at Hope, I jokingly claimed a catchphrase, a catchy hook, and I occasionally have been told by people that it did stick with them. And that phrase was, Do what the Lord says, not what the law says. And this is illustrated well in a section in Acts chapter 16, verse 6 to 10, where it speaks about Paul. And it says, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mycenae, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus will not allow them to. So they passed by Mycenae and went down the, to Troas, during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now Jesus told us to go and make disciples of all nations. That's the Great Commission. And in this passage, Paul is following the Great Commission, trying to Go into all nations to preach the gospel. But the Holy Spirit specifically keeps them from preaching the word in the province of Asia. He refuses them access to Bithynia. So Paul and his companions keep pressing on. Like the children of Israel through the Red Sea following the word of God. And Paul, who must have been much exercised in prayer, has a vision in the night and concludes God is speaking and he obeys Submitting, surrendering, yielding and trusting all come into play as Paul submits his dream, his desire to go into Asia, but submits to God's calling, God's perfect plan and will for him to go into Macedonia. He is being guided in the now into God's perfect will. And we see in Matthew 4 verse 1 that Jesus is led by the Spirit and surrendered to his leading. And a great example of this is the pool of Bethesda in John 5. Jesus visits the pool of Bethesda, a place known as a gathering place of sick people. And the only account we have is of Jesus healing one man, a man crippled for 38 years. And this causes a scene as it was a Sabbath day and the man Jesus healed is carrying his mat, which was something something forbidden by the law, as it was considered work, and you couldn't work on the Sabbath. And this is such a prime example of doing what the Lord says, not what the law says. Because in that moment, the law said, don't pick up your mat. But Jesus was saying, pick up your mat and walk. And if the man had followed the law, he would have remained crippled. But as he listened to the word of the Lord and acted in faith, he was able to get up and walk. 
And when confronted about this, Jesus gave them this answer in John 5:19. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. Jesus was led by what he saw the father doing. He walked step by step, in step, with the heart and the will of the father. So how do we do this? How do we learn to walk with God and to follow his leading? I think Jesus as the ultimate model shows us in Luke 5 verse 16. It says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. He valued his time and relationship with the Father and invested in building that relationship. And perhaps on a slight tangent, a slight side note, if you're finding that you feel far from God and that you feel like you aren't hearing from him, that you're desperate for him, I want to encourage you to consider fasting. There's a key in fasting when we lay aside the our own desires for food or for media or whatever it is, that when we stop the things of the world and focus our attention purely on God that he sees and honors that that desire to be close to him and intimate with him and Jesus himself modeled fasting encouraged us to do so but learning to follow God learning to walk in his ways is about intimacy with the father John 10:27 says my sheep listen to my voice i know them and they follow me And there it is again, following after God, being intimate with him allows us to hear his voice and give us clarity and direction in how to follow him. God desires intimacy with us for us to know his voice. Let me illustrate it to you this way. When I come over here, immediately my voice is less clear. I'm possibly out of focus. There is so much other stuff around me that you can see so much noise and room around me however when I come back here suddenly my face is in focus there's less distraction less noise around me my voice is clear you can hear me whisper you can we begin to see things through God's eyes we see the world through him because we are close and intimate to him we can hear his whisper as we come near to him. So how does all of this then come together? We've spoken about faith and intimacy and obedience and the mind. Sean Bowles has this quote, Faith, when it is not preached with the power of intimacy with God, that actually produces a change in the metrics of society and our personal lives, is not real faith. I'm going to read that again. Faith when it is not preached with the power of intimacy with God that actually produces a change in the metrics of society and our personal lives is not real faith. When we walk in step with God, being led by the Spirit, we begin to know and understand His perfect will, both for our lives but also for the world around us. And it is then stepping out in faith towards what he has called us to, that is when we will see the world change. God is the ultimate leader. He is the one with perfect plans, perfect love. And as we allow him to lead us, as we submit and surrender, yield and trust in him, our personal leader, 
we can rest assured that God will work all things for good. Let us pray. Father, I ask that you would be our leader. Holy Spirit, would you come and fill us anew? Show us what areas in our life we need to submit to you, what areas we are trying to take the lead. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you will come and work in our hearts and work in our minds. Transform us. Give us the mind of Christ. Help us to see things from heaven's perspective. Thank you, Father, that you are a God who is in love with us and desires intimacy and relationship with us. Teach us, Father, to come near to you. Amen.